1: Welcome to Scam Wow. I'm Caitlin Brodnick. And I'm Sue Smith. And And we we love love scams. Guys, we love scams. We love you. We're in this quarantine. It's we do not love quarantine. We don't.
2: We did last (laughs) week and now we hate it. It it used to be cool the first week and now it's she's (gasps) annoying.
1: Okay, so today's scam is I love this. It's sort of a amalgamation of a couple scams. So I love mystery novels now. All of a sudden I've read 16 of these Whoa. series of these or 15 of these mystery novels of Maisie Dobbs. Yeah, it's about England and it goes through World War I to World War II. And I was like, I would read a book in a day. Like, I was just crazy about it. And I'm not, as we know, my dyslexia runs my life. I'm not a strong reader, but I would just crush it through these books. And so now I'm like looking for more mystery books. I was looking on Amazon, which is like whatever. It's not the best place to find everything, but yes. it is right now in this COVID moment. And I got this book. I don't want to say the name of it or the author because I don't want to shade them, but it's a terrible book. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I literally hate it. It's no
1: Maisie Dobbs. It's no Maisie Dobbs. It is. um, And I got Maisie Dobbs because I heard the the author, Jacqueline Winspear, on Forever 35 podcast with Kate Spencer. And when they were talking about it, they were like, it's just like a cozy book. Like it's, there's joy, it's sad, it's exciting, but it's a book that you want to curl up to and read. And that is exactly with also being a mystery. So it was very interesting. And I don't know... I, reader listeners if you are readers <laughs> avid readers if you read if anybody reads if you have a favorite mystery series I think I love a series because it's like a sitcom because it's like you have these characters and you want to find out what's happening with this family and and I just really loved it and it was took place in England and my grandmother's British and lived in England during World War II and I just Felt very connected to her. So I was on this high. I got this book about medieval England because I was like, look, I like England. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. And it's about a mystery with these monks in England. And all the reviews were like best book, most exciting, like debut novel. And Maisie Dobbs was Jacqueline Winspear's debut novel. So I was like, okay, cool. Like new, new novelist. But it is it was written in the early 2000s and it's all about men in monasteries and monks and it's like very annoying that like what's so fantastical is that the monks were gay i was like uh, so who so, cares yeah. they're writing it in a way that you're supposed to think it's crazy and i'm like it's not crazy like two men can be in love like it's just it's very like dated mm. and so uh katie does not love a monk mystery. <laughs> I don't love mysteries about monks and I don't love mysteries that are not with it as far as like people can love whoever they like. I need a book to be with
2: it. (laughs) If I'm
1: reading
2: reading a book and they're referencing like a fax machine
1: or something, I'm like, come on. Move on. Unless it's a historical fiction. And I thought this would be historical fiction, but the tone is like dated. Yeah. Anyway, not a great book, but it does bring me to my scam about medieval England because I. Was just sort of fascinated. And I, you know, I love a historic scam. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's got to be something, there's got to be something recorded because they. I do know in medieval times, they did a ton of, it was just in, in monasteries, they do lots and lots of recording in Latin and like rewriting and recoloring. So they, they would just, they would spend years like rewriting a whole text, a whole Bible or something all in Latin. So I was like, there has to be something recorded. I literally Google. And the first thing I find is so fascinating. It's in 1260, which is such a, uh, that's also early medieval history. Like when you think of medieval times, people usually think of like the 1500s and this is sort of like a little bit as, it's a bit an interesting time in medieval England because I'm learning all about it. It's like when things are kind of starting to crack when um, like in the 1500s, 1600s is when the church moved from, well, it's when the king wanted to get a divorce and when he changed and everybody had to move from like loving Christianity to loving Catholicism, like everything was like shifting. So that's like the most interesting part of medieval history, which is like what we talk about. But this is way early This is this was in twelve hundred, and basically, a guy named Robert Carpenter <laughs> writes how to scam. Yes. <laughs> how to scam? Yes, he Robert wrote, Carpenter. Yes. So Robert Carpenter, I think he's so fascinating. He is Robert Carpenter the second of harsdale And it's near Shorewall on the Isle of Wight. And he basically would be writing his legal texts and documents. He was like a... um, not landlord, but like, he was like a superintendent uh-huh. for a lord. And so what I'm learning with all of this is that you have the kings, then you have the lords, and then you have knights. And it basically goes down, you know, to like the poorest people in the world. But even the serfs and the really poor people had their own level of hierarchy. So if you were a craftsman, you were like higher than a regular person who worked the land. And then there were people called freemen. And those people were either granted by the king to be completely free. Or this is a bizarre thing that I read. You could technically become a free man. So I'm reading this from an article written by Richard E. Embling, a professor in ethics and leadership at the Citadel in South Carolina. He said the only escape from serfdom on the manor was to successfully go out and hide in one of the medieval walled cities for one year and one day. After that, the villager or serf was considered a free man. Thus, in the Middle Ages, it was said, city air makes you free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so isn't that insane? So you're basically like born into being like a serf and a servant, but then if you hid, which I don't know how they'd verify this for a whole year, you could be a free man. So wow. where we are right now? Or this guy, Robert Carpenter, is a free man. <laughs> because he hid. He hid like in a I don't know. cupboard or yeah, something. Yeah, he either yeah. hid or he got like legally, like, or the king was like, you're fine. You're free. Or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So during this time, he is taking care of the land. He is working with shepherds if he has to. He is collecting taxes. He, it all pays his lord who pays the king. And basically the manors were all really self-sufficient. They would grow their own food, raise their own livestock, mill grains, spin wool. Like it was, incredibly self-sufficient and it was all run by the lord even though it was owned by the king like the lord of that land was the boss basically so he was robert carpenter ii was recording everything he was like he used to be a bailiff which was just like somebody who would collect money and it was it's not a bailiff like from a um as we know now is like somebody who works in a jail but basically they served the lord of the manor they collected fines they collected rents accounts of everything but now he moved he moved past that he's a free man i guess he's retired and he's just living his best life and he is um like recording the annual income from everything and in the middle of his was he a, a monk not a monk he was not a monk not a monk okay had a family um has a son who then like added who wrote stuff about him after he passed he basically was doing a lot of works in like, accounts receivables, yeah, <laughs> for this like for this like little manner. And in between all of his works inside it, he decides to write how to con your boss. Yes. <laughs> like it's so random. It's so random. It's like, it's inside. Uh, like tallies of like money and, and income. And so they couldn't figure out like, is this because he is a, like, you, I'll read it all to you. Is it because he's a con artist? Is it because he's bored? Is it because he thinks it's funny? Is it because he wants people to know not to con him? Like nobody really knows why, but inside these rando facts, he has, you know, this is what I would do if I were you. It's almost like the O.J. Simpson. I didn't do it, did I did it. this Yes. Is so is it so a book? Funny. He writes his own, a book
2: on how to con your boss? Or, like, an article?
1: Yeah. So so he just wrote an article inside his text. So this wasn't something that, like, he yeah. was handing out. Like, may- maybe it was, like, in the middle of the text. Like, eventually his, like, auditor oh. would read it or maybe somebody else or his lord would read it. Like, maybe somebody would get to it or maybe he would hand it around around friends. But it was basically hidden inside his important, like, local administrative text.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. That's kind of dumb, though.
1: <laughs> I, that's why you can't figure out like, why did he do it? Was it just for fun? Was he like, look how smart I am. I mean, here's the other thing too, is that 90% in the middle ages at this time during feudalism, 90% of the people were all like servants and uh-huh. peasants and living off the land. Uh-huh. So very, it was very much like the 1% here, but extreme poverty. So I was also thinking like maybe this guy, he's very smart. He knows Latin. He's been translating all these huge amounts of work. Like maybe he's just fucking bored and thinks this is really fun. And also it's like, I'm smarter than this, even though I can't rise above my station. Even if he did like, who knows, hide out for forever to be a free man. He's still like, I don't, maybe he was just restless. I don't know. Wait, I just wanted to clarify because you said the monks were translating
2: the Latin, but he was also translating
1: the Latin? Yeah, that's what's something that, like monks typically did that as like part of their like penance or whatever. It's in my book. It's annoying. But also that's something that people could do as like hobbies. Okay. They could translate like old government works, like Roman. They, they would just like translate other things from Latin. Just for shits, Just like something to do. Just for shits, yeah. Just because they didn't have shit's creek. Yeah. yeah. Just because they were just creating something. So um. There is this great article by Martha Carlin called Cheating the Boss Robert Carpenter's Embezzlement Instructions oh <laughs> and Employee Fraud in Medieval England. Oh my god. So I actually contacted them so all of this this text is 100% real it's in Cambridge Library. And um, The Lost Letters of Medieval Life is was written by Martha Carlin and David Crouch. I actually contacted them to see if I could get some PDF or some files and no one's responded. Uh. Um, on Amazon, you can get Commercial Activity Markets, Entrepreneurs in the Middle Ages, Essays of Honor of Richard Burtnell. And that's like $116. Like these, these like medieval like Facts and everything are incredibly difficult to find. So I did join Cambridge's huh. online library, but they didn't. I I'm, i don't belong to a specific institution, so nobody really helped me. Damn, <laughs> I know. you're a sleuth. So Robert Carpenter II, he added his own original material, including instructions for half a dozen ways to... Basically, fuck over your bailiff, shepherd, or embezzle from your lord, <laughs> which is oh my god, yes, so funny. And then his son, Robert Carpenter the Third, compiled his own list. Within a copy of his father's text. So I don't know if it's like a family thing, but everyone's doing it. Who's reading these? I don't know. I don't know if it's like something like we read the Passover questions and people just read the embezzlement text. Like, I don't know if it's like a holiday thing. Yeah. So a lot of this is just really funny. And so he is basically the first scam wow. Yes. If you think about it, like he's creating scam wow. It's
2: his, it's the first podcast between
1: friends. Yeah. He's
2: way before Martin Mandelbaum.
1: He's way before... Spam- He's way wow. before. He is like bringing it to the masses. Okay, so he has six frauds. The first one is very simple. Um, if you are a bailiff and manage a flock of sheep and manage a shepherd, you would know that not all breeding ewes would have lambs during the year. So when reporting the numbers, you could misrepresent the totals, giving the example of how you would like under count and then keep 12 lambs for yourself. Oh, shit. so basically you f- that's just like the
2: books. You fudge yeah, the numbers. The mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The second one is crazy. Okay. It occurs when you sell lambskins. If you have, now this is all for, I guess just for sheep. <laughs> all these frauds are just sheep frauds. Um, if you have 100- a <laughs> hundred. Great. So if you're a shepherd, this is for you, <laughs> this is for you. Everybody else try another podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> So you, let's say if you have like 150, 160 lambskins, you would take the the 25 best of them and sell them for a penny each, then use that money to buy 50 lambskins for half a penny each. Then you'd replace the lambskins you took and deliver them to your Lord while keeping the other 25 for your own use. Damn. Basically you sell your really fancy lambskins, but then you buy a bunch of sheep, cheap sheep shit Yeah, and show that to your lord. And then you keep the nice ones for yourself. <gasps> and I guess you don't actually sell them. You sell people back the shit ones. Wow. That's like tax yeah. fraud. Yeah, that's definitely tax fraud. The third fraud is to make a sheepskin appear that the you died of moraine, which is like any kind of bacterial infection, like hoof and mouth disease or whatever. Yeah. So as soon as you skin the sheep, which is just disgusting, place it in hot water, like boil it, and then immediately dry it out. And it looks like the sheep was dead inside. Like it, it like mimics like a sick sheep, uh-huh. the look of it. And then meanwhile, the meat you can take for yourself and eat it because it's great or sell it. Oh. <laughs> so like... Is that disgusting? That's so <laughs> because gross. I guess every single sheep that's skinned also the the landlord or the they would expect you I mean the lord would expect you to then like sell them meat as well like use all of the product. That's so complicated. So you make it look
2: sick so nobody wants it yes. and then you keep it for yourself. Yes. Damn. Yes. I think that scams are complicated when like good scams are a little complicated. Good sc-
1: And he's really lays them out for you. It's really great. And I'll read you like the text version of like the translation from Latin because it's really funny. Okay, the next one, I had to have Alan read this article to me. He had to explain to me like six different times, mm-hmm. we're trying to put Lewis to bed. Lewis is screaming sheep at us. Like I'm trying, it was so complicated. So this is a fraud that involves two shepherds working together. So they have to manage flocks that are basically identical, like all of the same sheep. So they have two sheep. So let's say there's like 50 sheep in each flock. Yeah. They sell three great sheep to somebody on the black market on their own. And then when the Lord comes to see them, they borrow their friend's sheep and borrow three sheeps from their friends. So when the Lord comes, it looks like, oh, there's 50 sheep, even though there's 47. Then all the sheep the next day go out to pasture in like a big, huge open area. So this person also has to be your neighbor and have the exact same kinds of sheep. The the sheep, your neighbor's sheep will return to its natural flock. Yeah. And then your landlord will never know that you sold three sheep secretly and you can keep going back and forth between the two shepherds so that every time the landlords come by, you just like borrow some sheep, which like is so complicated. But that's a good scam, I think. Yeah, I think it is. And so then I was trying to understand like, so the three sheep that you sell, you split between the two guys, the shepherd who's your buddy would go in on it with you. And you would both like be trading back and forth like three different sheep. Yeah. Yeah. But you only have 47. You've made money. It's kind of like Mrs. Doubtfire,
2: (laughs) you know, in the restaurant scene. (laughs) That's what you're doing with the sheep. You know, they got to be two places at once. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like Mrs. Doubtfire. I know that's where they got this from. This is 100 percent.
2: Mrs. Doubtfire, Robin Williams read this and he was like, oh, shit, I've got an idea. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm reading an article that has a summary on it, but then I also have the original text that even has more frauds. One of them is, okay, so the, this fraud is, let's say the sheep uh-huh. gay, had two babies or had multiple babies and one sheep had none, but you wanted each sheep to look like it only had one baby. You would take the blood of the sheep who doesn't have any babies, rub it on the face <gasps> of the other lamb of someone else's mom, and then that sheep will go to that lamb because its blood is on oh it. Oh my god! And it looks like that's his sheep.
2: That's so that's so weird Isn't and clever, that
1: bizarre. I know. And I don't know anything about sheep, but I don't know if like they go if now if it was like rubbed in its blood if that means I don't know, guys. It's so confusing. <laughs> Any shepherd out there? Any hot
2: shepherds? Give us a ring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any hot sheps? Like, what do know. you do, do with you the put blood? blood? on your brando sheep? <laughs> that's really weird. <laughs> Okay, this one is to be directed against a shepherd, like if you're the land, the bailiff in this case. So basically, when the sheep are sheared, some of the wool is damaged or in poor quality, you would keep this separate from the rest. And then when it was time to measure the wool, you use the bad wool, and you keep the good stuff for yourself, like you would section it out. And then the la- the Lord would be mad and punish the shepherd for taking oh. bad care of the sheep.
2: Oh, no. Which is
1: just like, that's like how to fuck over the shepherd if you don't yeah, like the shepherd. Yeah, you're just fucking over the shepherd well, on that one. That's if you want to fuck over the shepherd. Okay, this one was another thing that made no sense at first, but Alan explained it to me. Thank God I have a investigative journalist. This one is basically like, so sheep make cheese in this case, um, which... They have sheep's milk, Yeah. Yeah, so they for this it's for sheep's cheese, and it said each day when you get the amount of milk you take from your sheep when you milk your sheep's, you take one eighth of that. Like let's say you have like a whole container, you take one eighth of the container, you skim it off, and you put it to the side. And then every time you milk your sheep and you go to make more cheeses, you lightly skim off one eighth. And I believe you keep moving the day before milk down and it's, it's a way to make it not spoil is that you add new fresh milk to it each time so it doesn't go bad and then at the end you have like seven cheeses or eight cheeses but you have one extra one that you can keep for yourself got it so it's basically like siphoning off a little bit of milk, milk and then you have your own to eat or Great. sell which is t- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i'm like
2: okay i mean listen um, if we're stuck at home for like uh, you know, much longer. We're going to be buying sheep in no time. Yeah, we're going to be all over these sheep. And These are um, valuable tools. Just,
1: this is really important. And so they said, so yeah, so basically it was just like siphoning stuff off. And, and the, the like one eighth of that milk apparently is so small that even if you weighed and measured it, after the cheese was like hardened and created, you would barely notice the difference. Like, even if you measured it, it would still be the same cheese. I don't know, guys. Can I just say that the process of making cheese is the most
2: disgusting thing to me? <laughs> oh, it's so, it's
1: so gross. gross. It's so gross. Okay. Okay, this is this is a weird thing. So he wrote also, breeding ewes, some of them will be barren, some will die before giving birth, some will abort, and some of the lambs will come from maiden ewes. Note that sometimes a ewe has two lambs in one year. When it is said that six were barren, it will be reported that nine were barren. And when four died before giving birth, it will be reported that six died before giving birth. And when three have aborted, it will be r- reported that five have been aborted. And when it's said that 10 were born of the maiden ewes, it will be reported that five were born of the maiden ewes, And thus you'll make a profit of 12 lambs or 12 Damn. skins. So he like is going down with the numbers. Sheep die, they live. So this is how you cook the book. Yes. And the thing is, Robert Carpenter,
2: I wish that you would talk a little bit more plainly. Just be
1: like, put a few sheep off to the side. I know. Why do you? It's very simple. He's writing this list and he's writing items and he's writing like accounts and money. And then inside he's writing item and he's writing like a scam. Like he's inside his his like text. So he wrote item that any you shall love a different lamb than her own. Let him take blood from the nose of that you and anoint the lamb that she is to love. Like that's what he wrote. That was one of those creepy things I was telling you about. Like the the text is crazy. Robert.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to know like what kind of shit he's doing with these lambs. You know what I, I mean? I know there's That's, a lot going on. I know he he's doing a lot of stuff with these lambs. And the
1: thing, the stuff with um the the shitty fleece that he was saying, like show your la- your lord that it's like that the sh- it's a shepherd's fault. It's called item. He who would like to injure the shepherd. It's called injuring <sighs> the shepherd, which I think is so <sighs> interesting. Like he really wants to ruin his credibility. Yeah. Oh, he wants to get back at a shepherd. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's just like, it's very interesting. And people, they don't know that like scholars have talked about it. They're like, is it because he's in on it? Is it because he's he did these scams himself? Or is it because he thinks it's so funny and cool? And wouldn't it be interesting? Or is it just like a big joke? Or I personally think he's like, look, I'm smarter than this. And I'm really bored. <laughs> because medieval England was boring. That's true. So he's he's like... Trying to mess with people to get him to do these scams? I don't know. I think he's just like, look, assholes, I'm smarter than you think. And this is like how somebody, you're lucky I'm not doing this, but I could show you what I do now.
2: Okay. I think that's that, what I think. I think that he did them. And I think, uh uh-huh. because they're very detailed. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's detailed. what I, I think he did them. And I think he like wants to like, fuck over he wants to tell all the other superintendents Mm -hmm. how to fuck over their lords you know
1: yeah and And then he wants some street
2: cred yeah Yeah. exactly he wants to be like the Mm -hmm. head of the superintendents wild
1: yeah it's just very interesting that there's so much gloating in it that's what people are saying in the text that's what i've been reading is that people are just very interested in like how much gloating there was and um there is literature it says about employee fraud (laughs) and like employees doing it. But this is sort of interesting because this is like this guy who's a level up. We don't know who read them, like where
2: he wrote the scans.
1: So that's what I'm. Yeah. So this is the thing. So he wrote these papers for and he had to write multiple text. Basically, it was like all over his text and he would write text where he would put in like allowances and taxes and it was just documents and inside he would he would also say like this is how you scam your boss like inside maybe he was like doing it because he was like this is
2: busy work I resent that I have yes. to do these reports no one's gonna read this and if they do here's a scam for them
1: yeah I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think that could definitely be it because there was sort of, I think, dishonesty because the church ruled so much right now and is all about being good or bad. I think dishonesty, even it is today, is like so exciting. It was like really ripe. It was really juicy. It's like a murder mystery. It's like a scam wow. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, he he was doing that because he probably was bored as hell.
2: Yeah, he was like, this is like the data entry of his like, job <laughs> and he was just like, You're I correct. gotta spice
1: this up. Come on. You know what I would do? I would kill some lambs and then I'd sell some lambs and then I'd find somebody. (laughs) And I put some blood. The crazy one to me was like you find an exact shepherd who literally will share a flock with your flock. You have the same sheep. Somehow you, under the cover of night, sell three sheep and then you guys keep misdoubt firing it. I think that is the funniest one. I'm like, I get siphoning. I guess I get even like making some lamb follow her own blood or something. Like I get all those weird things or like lying I get. But this one is like you have a partner and you're like, and you're shepherding sheep back and forth and a literal partner in sheep crime. Yes. And he, he, all these different scams, he takes it from if you're the shepherd, if you're the bailiff, if you're the landlord, if you're the accountant. So he is also putting on multiple hats of this scam experience.
2: Yeah. I wonder how somebody, found these papers and how they like came to be studied at Cambridge and stuff.
1: Yes. Well, I think, okay, so there's only a couple middle medieval texts and there are some like letters. And, but what I think is very interesting is that his son then added to the letters. So I don't know if it was like a family thing. If he's like, my dad's this great con artist, let me add to it. And he put more information in there as well. So his, his legacy. Yes, yeah. If it's like this con legacy, like, you know, a god ears or like some sort of mob king. <laughs> I don't know. The Sheep Kings.
2: The Sheep Kings. Yes. Yeah. Love this. Thank you. Yeah. And if you know about Robert King, Robert Carpenter, the Sheep King, feel free to email us.
1: Yes. Tell us. What a funny guy. What a guy. weird dude. I know. Guys, and of course, like during this quarantine, we're here for you. We get it. It's fucked. You can always call us on our Hot Tip Hotline which is 347-509-9414.
2: Yes, and email us at scamwapodcast at gmail.com. You can send us your own scams that have happened to you, yeah. scams that you are just passionate about. Do you have
1: any sheep? Tell do you us. have sheep? Have you <laughs> scams people using your sheep? Yeah, do you make goats or sheep's milk? Like, what is that? Like, is it really siphoning off an eighth? Does that make a difference? Yeah, have you ever made cheese? Tell us. Yeah. We'll take that. <laughs> You will literally take, are you a cheesemonger? Sure. sure. Have you sold cheese? Have you worked at Whole Foods? Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> we will talk about that for sure. I have to say, we I, we asked for a stylist. I, I asked for a stylist to contact us. A stylist contacted me and I was so nervous. I said, okay, hi. And <laughs> I didn't say anything else. Because <laughs> I basically want to like, ask, like, how do I not look like a garbage person? Yeah. But I felt it was like so much to ask her and that's her job. And I didn't want her to think that we we're like to do something for free that we don't take our job seriously. Yeah. But we asked for a stylist. Thank you for contacting me, but I'm too embarrassed to ask you to fix my life.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know, you know. But, but if you're a cheesemonger, please fix our life. Please fix our cheeses. <laughs>
1: fix our cheeses. <laughs> a lot. fix my cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to get done with this book and to find more about feudalism and fraud. But what's the series you recommend? Maisie Dobbs? Maisie Dops, I really do recommend it. And some of it's really sad and kind of crazy, but it's really good historical fiction. I know because like my grandmother was telling me about the same things she was going through. So I think it's really fascinating. I finished some faster than others. My mom didn't like it. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know guys. Everybody's different. (laughs) Who knows if I even really read them? Okay. I could have just, it could have been just like a blurry thought. Life is a fever dream. Who knows?
2: (laughs) The days run together. (laughs) (laughs) Especially during COVID. I'm a fever dream during COVID. We all are. Yeah. All right, you guys, we Um, will talk to you next week. Yes. Thank you so much.
1: Bye. Bye. Here's a quick question for you How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. it's a podcast called Sleep Wave, with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep, with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode, so search Sleepwave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice.